Welcome and thank you for joining us in another edition of the Deacons Roundtable here at WSFI 88.5 FM and AM 750 on your uh, radio dial or WSFI Catholic Radio.org on your internet dial or I don't know, I don't listen on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here today with, uh, uh, going to talk about Bible studies, Mike, uh, adult Bible studies, so you're qualified, and, uh, <laughs> but let's start off with a prayer here. Okay, in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask you that uh, you give us the joy and the delight in studying your word. And may your word uh, lead us like trees planted near streams of water that produces uh, its fruits in season. Uh, we ask this and we pray for this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So, Mike, we're going to be talking with Colleen. Hello, Colleen. Are you there still with us? Yes, how are you doing today? <laughs> yes, she's, she's with us. We're doing great today. We have Mike, uh, Colleen Vermeulen. Did I say your last name right? Yes, Vermeulen. Kind of starts like Vermont. Yes, so we're talking, uh, Colleen is, is uh, uh, the, the king, the queen of the Catholic Bible School of Michigan. And as you know, Mike, our, our signal goes well into Michigan. In fact, we can hear it on, uh, if you're on Holland, Michigan, and uh, mm-hmm. around there. And of course... Uh, we reach into Indiana and all of Illinois, up to Milwaukee and out to Rockford, Illinois. But uh, so that qualifies. But if you have an internet signal, you can actually take courses with the Catholic Bible School of Michigan, like I do, Mike. So, Colleen, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So, especially when uh, you're joining us from vacation, it shows how dedicated you are to the Word of God. So, so, the, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Colleen? Sure. So I grew up in New Jersey. We were we were just joking about that with being on vacation. I'm actually on the East Coast visiting my parents. Um, but so I grew up in New Jersey. You know, always going to church. My family went to church once a week. I, you know, did all my sacraments on time, kind of the usual Catholic kid thing. But I didn't have any relationship with God personally. Uh, Prayer wasn't something that I did on my own. I didn't really realize I was praying during Mass. You know, I was kind of just saying words. There wasn't really anything going on in my heart. And that changed when I was in high school. And um, one of my good friends, I went to public high school, and we both played on the soccer team. And we were coming back home from an away soccer game. And she asked me, if you were to die, do you know if you'd go to heaven? And Mm. I didn't know the answer to that question. And so through conversation with my friend, um, you know, she started to ask me questions and tell me about Jesus and ask me all these questions. And she was really surprised that I knew so much. She was like, how do you know that Jesus is the Lamb of God and all these other things, but you've never thought about eternal life? Like, you know these right answers from being Catholic, but you haven't connected this all. And it certainly, you know, didn't uh, make me an actual follower, a disciple of Jesus. And so she gave, you know, she laid it all out for me, like the wonderfully devout Baptist that she was. And at the end of it, I didn't believe her. I was kind of skeptical. But she got me curious, and so she set me off on a journey as a teenager that led me 
to really read the Bible for the first time, that led me to pray to God in my own words for the first time, all because she got me interested in this question of really, what is it all about? You know, is, is there something more than this world? And so she sparked and then really, you know, nurtured my conversion to becoming um, not just someone who was in the Catholic Church, but who was a true follower of Jesus. Very cool. So it took a Baptist to convert you back to Catholicism. Yes, right? <laughs> exactly. And I know, you know, it's not for all of us. It's it's probably just about everybody, right? Knows somebody who grew up Catholic and then as an adult found their home, you know, in a, in a church of one of our Protestant brothers and sisters. And um, that didn't happen for me. If, uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, for sure. And really one of the ways the Holy Spirit did that was as soon as I started going to her Baptist church for Wednesday night Bible studies and started reading the Bible, I immediately recognized that a lot of it was present in our Catholic liturgy. And so right away, one of the first changes in my life was that the Mass started to actually be a joyful celebration because I knew what we were celebrating and I could see how this was coming from the scriptures. When I was dating my wife, she was Lutheran, so I would walk into the church with her on a few Sundays, and I'd be the guy that was genuflecting as I was walking in there. So you can, those, those habits, old habits, die hard and, <laughs> on uh, certain things. But uh, that, that's a that's that's a blessing, right? That uh, that uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a Catholic spirit. Any spirit that that uh, can draw us back Indeed. to Christ is cool. So, how did that uh, affect your choice for college and moving on from there? That's a great question. So it, it didn't really impact me going into college because I was, I think, a little bit too early on. I was still, you know, wondering about these deep questions as I went off into college. And I, I happened to get an Army ROTC scholarship for college. So I went to college knowing that I was going to serve on active duty in the Army um, for about four years immediately following. And so I was kind of locked in. Which, you know what, I think that God was really helping me out with that because it probably prevented me from making any like huge life decisions. Um, as I grew at, in relationship with God, I started to feel like a missionary pull. So in our Baptist church, we would go door to door soul winning, you know, asking people if they mm -hmm. had a church family, if they were saved, if we could show them in the Bible. And I... I knew that God was working in that and doing something in me powerfully. And I really did think about, huh, maybe I should go be a missionary. But I was locked into that Army ROTC contract. And so that, that's what kept me on that initial trajectory. But during that time in college, I also faithfully went to Catholic Church. And so I went to a secular university. Um, I took undergraduate classes in a secular college on the history of early Christianity and the history of the New Testament. And so it was um, really just a wonderful time to grow in that, you know, that early curiosity of, of a new Christian. Sure. And then after college, I went into active duty in the army. Um, and a few years into that, I was, you know, went to numerous duty stations as you do in the army. At every location, I would find a Catholic church to go to and a Baptist church to go to. But after a few years, a very good friend asked me, um, 
Colleen, if you were to ever be married someday and be raising children, would, would you raise them Catholic or Baptist? And much like that same question from my friend on the school bus, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I had no rational idea how to answer that question. Yeah, you have friends who ask you really quick, you know, neat, neat questions in life. My friends ask me, what do you want for dinner? You know, let's go have a beer. What flavor of beer you want? You know, and here we have Colleen here saying all these existential questions that make people think. I, uh, I guess I need uh, Next I need time friends, I Mike. will ask you better questions. <laughs> I need new friends. <laughs> well, it does, you know, it does make us all just reflect on, like, I remember those two specific questions at two very specific points in my life. But, you know... Like how we we say that the Holy Spirit is the agent of evangelization. The oh, the Holy person Spirit who, is the agent of conversion. Yeah. The person. And, who, you know, uh, go ahead. I, I probably had so many other people who might have asked me questions that I should have taken seriously, or like you know signs in my life that maybe I should have paid attention to God. But you know, thanks be to God that at that moment the Holy Spirit was working, and I received these questions in a you know in a in a readiness of conversion. You know, you know, Deacon Mike. Uh, maybe it's a chick thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe girls ask those kind of questions, <laughs> and, and then you know, I was a chemist growing up in college. I didn't have any girls to talk to. <laughs> because you always had beer in front of you, so how can we ask you a serious question? A- amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you're, you're getting serious. You're you're in your college years, and you're or you're you're out of college now. You're still doing. You're 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 in your assignments now for for ROTC. And uh, someone asked you a question about what would you want to be in the future, and then did that uh, did that cause you to think, or did it something they just kind of thought about uh, over the next couple of years? Yeah, no, it sent me right away on an immediate chase. That you know, I should know the answer to that question. Um, you know, just my personality, like a really rational, analytical person. So it's like, wow, this is an important question, and I really don't have a way to answer this. So. Um, much like how in high school I ran out and read the New Testament for the first time to try to see if I should listen to my friend or not. At this point, in my mid-20s, I went to the nearest, I lived in North Carolina at the time, that's where I was stationed, and I went to the nearest big box bookstore and bought a copy of the Catechism, which I had never, I had never looked at a Catechism, I had never really heard about this growing up, and so I bought a copy of the Catechism and decided, well, I guess I'll read this all the way through, cover to cover, <laughs> and I'll reading. keep a notebook and write down all the stuff I believe in or don't believe in, and, you know, I don't know, maybe by tally marks or whatever, that'll show me whether or not I'm Baptist or Catholic. So that was my method. And I guess the uh, you had enough marks that you stayed in the church? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> do you know, what happened was, so as you know, the Catechism Part 1 is this ex explanation of the Christian faith based on the outline of the creed. Mm -hmm. And once I started to read that, I was just awed and wowed by how this was the truth of the truth of the universe, the truth of Christianity, all summed up so beautifully that I very much knew, like, by the time I finished part one of the catechism, it didn't really matter what was going to be in those other three parts, because I was already convicted. and then I, you know, there's, of course, some things that I had never really thought about before, doctrinally, that were confusing, and I really wasn't sure if I believed in them. So I guess you could say those were stumbling blocks. And, uh, but by this time, you know, I was more mature than I was in high school, and so I did go about it with prayer. 
Like, I really asked God for wisdom. And there was a particular day, it was actually the Solemnity of the Immaculate Conception, that I was praying after Mass in my church in North Carolina. And I think this is really an example of, like, how you receive the Holy Spirit's gift of faith, like that supernatural gift of faith, because I suddenly just had a really strong, um, like, reception or understanding or experience that I could believe in the church, kind of like how we say in the creed. You know, we often think of, yeah, in the creed, we believe in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but we also say, I believe in the church. So the church, too, is is this mystical body, this something that we place belief in. And I was just praying after Mass and just felt very overwhelmed with a certitude that I can believe in the church. And really, the rest is just details. So even if I didn't have a rational understanding or even was really sure what I thought about, you know, so many doctrines that I might have read of in later parts of the catechism, I truly believed in the church. And that was really all that mattered. And how do you go from there to say, I'm going to uh, be in charge of a very, very big Bible program? (laughs) (laughs) That is flattering that you call us very big. So the Catholic Biblical School of Michigan, um, we're not especially big, although that's awesome that you think we're big. We've had about, um, we've had about, you know, 1600 people participate uh, since 2009 when it was founded. So to explain, you know, how I got from my mid-20s to now in my early 40s. So I served out my time in the Army. During that time serving on active duty, I really continued to grow in my faith and um, stepped out to serve in catechetical ministry in both the Baptist and Catholic settings. And toward, um, and actually on my second overseas deployment, I met the person who would become my husband later on. He was on active duty in the army. And so that's how we crossed paths. And then once we were um, deciding that we were thinking that we wanted to date and get married, we wanted to leave the active duty army in order to be able to, to slow down a little bit to start a family. And so at that point in 2010, I knew I wanted to serve in the church, but I had no idea how. Um, and that might sound kind of funny to, to you all because, you know, you no, know people in all. ministry. Not but I was a military person. I had no idea, you know, how do, how do you even get into ministry at an ordinary church? So, you know, I sent out letters to job applications, you know, to open positions for youth ministry and stuff. And really never heard back, which made sense because I wasn't from these places and I didn't have any specific qualification. And so... That sent me to go to graduate school to actually get a degree so that I could work in the church someday. Um, Ended up going to the University of Notre Dame. They have a Master of Divinity program that they give full scholarships to, to lay people. So that seemed wonderful to me. So that's where I went. And then my husband and I got married, started our family there in South Bend, Indiana, and we moved to Michigan where he is from. And I was kind of just Googling, searching the internet for something to do part-time with, uh, with, a, with some young children around. And so I started teaching for this interesting apostolate called the Catholic Biblical School of Michigan, which um, has a ministry of really teaching the Bible, but teaching in, you know, not in the academic sense, teaching in the sense of 
bringing people to encounter God and make a response. So helping to form disciples by teaching and proclaiming the entire Bible, you know, not just topical studies, not leaving out any parts. Well, we're so, coming up on our first break here, Colleen. So uh, we will get all into the Catholic Bible School of Michigan after these four oh, words. Oh, wonderful. And uh, thank you for joining us at the Deacon's Roundtable. We'll be back shortly. Hi, I'm Ava Burke, a producer here at WSFI and a junior at Carmel Catholic High School. We are hoping to expand WSFI to reach up to 8 million people in the Chicagoland area. To help us reach this goal, please donate to WSFI Catholic Radio. WSFI has been a vital radio station with getting the word out to so many people. Many conversions have happened through WSFI, and it has brought countless people back to the church and into the faith. But we cannot expand without your financial help. Please take a moment now to make a donation and go to WSFICatholicRadio.org or mail your check to P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Thank you for your help in making this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity happen. Hello, I'm David Delighton from the Center for Medical Progress with the Planned Parenthood videos. Catholic Radio is so important to the pro-life movement because it's our Catholic faith that teaches us about the true value and dignity of the human person and the inestimable worth of every single beautiful child of God. And that's a message that all of us need to hear and need to continue to pay attention to and be inspired by every day of our lives and work. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. We are back in a Deacon's Roundtable with Deacon Michael Landi from St. Mary of the Annunciation and Deacon Greg Webster for here from St. Raphael the Archangel, the best church in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And uh, shout out to Deacon Dave, who uh, is visiting a friend, or actually uh, a friend who died, he's visiting that, so he, he's excused for the, for, the, for the month, Mike. Uh, and also, Molly told me that we need to uh, uh, put a shout out for the movie The Sound of Freedom. That's going to be playing in uh, Gurney and in Sturgeon. Sturgeon? Sturgeon? I'm not from Wisconsin. People in Wisconsin know where that is, north of, north of Kenosha, and at the Marcus Theater. So uh, if you get a chance, go see this uh, wonderful Catholic movie that, that's uh, making the rounds here for doing that. But we're talking about the Catholic Bible School. I always get the acronym wrong, Mike. The Catholic Bible School of Michigan. 
with Colleen, and uh, she was telling us how uh, she, like every other Catholic that I know, uh, had a little tr- trouble on the way as they were growing up, and has found the church and has moved on to be an active ministry with a, with a great program. Of course, I was telling Mike that uh, while we're out there that uh, I am familiar with the, with the uh, Catholic Bible School of Michigan because I've been taking some of the courses there. So it's not just for people in Michigan; it's for people all over the place. But uh, so you got hooked into that, Colleen. Are you still with us there? Yes. Good. Good. So. Good. I started teaching, and what what really goes on in the Catholic Biblical School ministry is we have teachers who typically teach one evening a week, and we go through the entire Bible. And like Deacon Greg said, so this started in Michigan, and it actually started in 2009, well before I was a part of it. And then after I had been teaching one of these classes for a couple of years, the the deacon, who was the original founding director, he retired. Yeah, they're not reliable. Deacons are not reliable. <laughs> well, I will tell you the uh, yeah. He was one of three founders. Uh, his name is um, Deacon Jack Gardner, and then Dr. Peter Williamson, who he was the cha- he is the chair of Sacred Scripture at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. So you have an academic, a deacon. And then you need one more person. Can you guess what kind of person that needs to be? Well, I, I know the answer, so I'll let Mike guess. I think it's Deacon uh, uh, Greg, who was disqualified. I think it's Colleen. <laughs> well, not me. I wasn't a part of it. But <laughs> you need a, need a uh, right. You need a lay person who actually knows business and how to incorporate a nonprofit and make sure the taxes get done. So that person's name was Fred Murath, and he was a lay Catholic businessman. So... There you go. If you need the recipe for, you know, your evangelization ministry or how to get something going, an academic, a deacon, and a businessman. So that's how this got started. Um, And so when Deacon Jack retired, I ended up taking over for him. And so that's kind of how I ended up in, you know, this esteemed position. And I say that as as a joke. We're a uh, small nonprofit organization. And so my job is not even full-time per se um, but really the important thing is like Deacon Greg mentioned we started off teaching ca- classes in the Archdiocese of Detroit and Diocese of Lansing in Michigan and we've spread now all the way to the west coast of Michigan we have a in-person class in Benton Harbor classes up in Grand Rapids starting a new one in Muskegon and even more so since 2019 We've had an online ministry presence where people can take these courses as an individual. We also have people who take them as a small group. So you can think of it as like a satellite class or a satellite group where people who know each other someplace far away from Michigan get together and do the class. And we also have people who are starting their own biblical school ministries in different places across the country. So they contact us and then we help get them set up with our curriculum, which is pretty unique. It's probably one of the only places that you can get a disciple-making take from a Catholic perspective on the entire Bible. So we're helping those people start teaching this in their states and their different locations. So. We are so blessed to just live in this era where um, there's such an interest in spreading ways that we can actually form disciples as Catholics. So how does the, the uh, groups in the parish, how, how does that work? Like the in, like the ones in Michigan or those yes, like, satellite like the, groups? In, uh, in the ones in, in no. Michigan, how, how do they, no. 
There's a there's one teacher, and is it live that they're talking to the teacher, or how's that work? Yes, exactly. It's live in Michigan. We usually start in mid September, um, and then we end in mid May. That's kind of like when summer is in Michigan. I know that varies a little bit depending on where you're listening. And we go for about 90 minutes, two hours, once a week in a parish. And so the teacher is, you know, teaching live. And so they're teaching, they're proclaiming the kingdom of God, they're giving God's message. So it's a very inspired form of teaching, not just academic. We have small group discussion so that people discuss with others. And, you know, obviously a lot of Q&A and a lot of interaction with that teacher. So that is how it all started in Michigan. And now we are able to help other people replicate that wherever they are. So is that how you do it also at the international level? Oh, for the online class? Yes. So no, the online class is different. Um, the image or the metaphor that I like to use is that if you come to an in-person class, it's like a sit-down dinner, right? You know, it starts at 7 p.m., you show up, you sit in your seat, and the teacher tells you what's going to happen, right? That we're going to have a presentation, you know, we're going to have discussion, we're going to do these certain things. As Deacon Greg knows, the online class is kind of like a do-it-yourself buffet table. So you have to imagine it's like every week for each lesson, you can walk them to that buffet table. You should probably always dip into listening to the teachers, watching the teacher's video lecture that they pre-record for you so you can watch that on demand. And then you should definitely read the sacred scriptures. And then beyond that, some people choose to Wait, be you're saying in, in a Bible class we should actually read the Bible. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, okay. I would write say that, write that down, essential. Mike. Read the Bible. <laughs> yep. If you have enough time to read the Bible, you got enough time to take the class. That's right. We, we can suggest a lot of other secondary source things that we'll put out there for people to read, but the essential thing is the Word of God, because it's the only part that's truly inspired. So beyond that, people will also participate sometimes in video conference, you know, like Zoom small groups. And then we have live Q&A with the teacher once a week so that it's, you know, interactive more than just like a DVD series. Um, so that's how the online class happens. And it's really been amazing. You know, divine providence is real. Um, we started our online class in 2019. We had no idea there was about to be a pandemic. And so the online class proved tremendously useful for people during the pandemic. Um, and it's also, you know, it's, it's enabled people from as far away as Sri Lanka, Eastern Europe, Africa, and even Deacon Greg in the Archdiocese of Chicago Amazing. to participate. Amazing. <laughs> so it's really wonderful. And, and they're very good. But I didn't realize that, that if, if you're running like year A at several different parishes, you have several different teachers working at that time you don't have one common teacher that each parish is 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 uh, talking to right right well we keep a teacher with a class for one year okay and then if we have other teachers in that area we usually try to get them there and that's just because you know we're all as we proclaim the word of god we're all modeling evangelization and discipleship and it's so important to see that from different people you know to see men to see women to see right. people in different stages of life modeling that so we do um try to mix it up and none of our teachers are you know full-time academic teachers uh, most only teach one class and then they do something else they might be on ministry staff in a parish they might be like an early retiree. 
they might be taking care of their family as a homemaker. So we try to just bring together that richness of the church's intellectual tradition of understanding the sacred scriptures with living it out in real life. And so we've got a team of about 20 different teachers to, to cover all these things. Is the online class then one of those classes or, or is it a separate recording? It is its own freestanding class, so it has its own dedicated teacher. Right. So we do have four teachers assigned to each of the four online classes, and those four classes represent covering the entire Bible. So we figure, you know what, the Bible is a pretty, pretty long collection of books. You can absolutely do the Bible in a year, but that is really, really fast. So if you want to have a little bit more time to slow it down, to discuss it, to digest it, to pray with those scriptures, we do the Bible in four years. So that's kind of the pace. So there are four different online teachers to cover each year of going through the entire Bible. So can you talk about how each year is broken up? Yeah. So this is something wonderful to share about because, again, it just shows us like that in the Catholic Church, we don't have to think of things ourselves. So this idea came from a religious sister out in Colorado. Her name was Sister Macrina Scott. And so in the late 1970s, early 1980s, she was just really recognizing that there was this wonderful renewal of Catholic interest in the Bible flowing out of the Second Vatican Council and, and really great stuff was happening in seminaries and universities, but it was just very inaccessible to the average person in the pew that she was ministering to in, in Colorado. She, you know, she knew that people weren't just looking for head knowledge. They didn't want an academic approach. Their, their goal wasn't to get a college degree. So she divided the, the Bible into four you know, major stories or major movements, you might call them. And those are our four courses. So the first one, we now call it, she didn't use this name, but we call it Created for Covenant. And it is the story of God's people from creation to becoming Israel all the way to the time of Jesus. And so it covers the historical books of the Old Testament. The second course is all about encountering Jesus and joining his mission. And in that course, we look at three of the Gospels, Mark, Matthew, Luke, Acts of the Apostles, and Paul's letters. And then the third course is all about the prophets of the Old Testament. So we go back to the prophets so that we can really look at them through that rear view, that rear view mirror of Jesus's ministry, because that helps us get a lot more out of them because they can be really difficult to read. And then the fourth course is called Walking Daily with God. And this is the wisdom for the ongoing walk, which sometimes feels like a slog, as all of us know, of discipleship. And for that, we go to the wisdom literature and Psalms of the Old Testament, and then team that up with the Gospel of John, John's letters, the Catholic epistles of the New Testament, and the book of Revelation. And so we have found, really drawing from Sister Macrina Scott's experience of decades ago, that presenting the Bible in that way really helps people enter into that big story and get the big picture. And after that, you know, the Holy Spirit takes over. I would say as teachers, you know, our job is to move away the barriers and then God can truly work. 
You know, it, it's interesting here. We are, the radio signal that we're on, Colleen, actually reaches eight dioceses in uh, in the Catholic Church: Chicago, Joliet, Rockford, Milwaukee, Gary, Fort Wayne, Kalamazoo, and Grand Rapids. And each of those dioceses have a, a similar type program. There's a Chicago Scripture School that's run out of Loyola, mm-hmm. and so there, there. It's amazing to me that there's just so much opportunity for adults now, and and you know. We didn't have that opportunity when I was younger. Of course, we wouldn't have taken advantage of it. But but now today, and, and with even with post COVID, there is so much opportunity out there for adults to uh, reawaken their faith through through scripture. And uh, and of course, each of the dioceses, all the programs are great. But you know, if you want to go local, you probably have to look at the resources in your old diocese, which is fine. Or else you can reach out to a, a program like the Catholic Bible School. Are all the the programs that are are uh, Scripture study based out of the, the, the program in Dallas, or I'm, I'm sorry, in Denver, are they very similar? Or how, how does the like the Chicago Scripture School and the University of Dallas School and some of the other ones, how, how do they how are they similar and how are they different to, to the uh, Michigan program? That's a great question. So all of the different biblical school ministries that exist across the United States, and I actually even saw one in the United Kingdom that was kind of similar we're not formally connected you know so it's not like a name brand that there's any type of national organization but they do all seem to go to this common source of sister macrina scott and then her work like anything that's good right anything that's good just naturally spreads because people hear about it and then they want to come replicate it so to the best of my understanding that is really how these dozen or so different ministries across the U.S. have have spread in the Diocese of Juliet. Um, there's one in the Archdiocese of Hartford that goes up by the name New England Bible School. Um, but they come from that common source. So like anything that comes from a common source, right, it slowly changes over time because we're talking about 40 years here. So I've noticed that there's some places that use like an original set of books maybe that she used and others that evolve the materials, um, all different approaches. Some are aligned with seminaries and universities formally, so they might take a more academic approach. But what makes the Catholic Biblical School of Michigan unique, we do have our own materials, our own workbooks, and a lot of this just flows out of um, the vision of the bishops and archbishops in our state of Michigan to be really focused on evangelization, that moment of bringing people to encounter God in a personal way, and then figuring out what does it mean to intentionally be a disciple and a disciple who is animated by the Holy Spirit to be on a personal mission. So that is the approach that we've been taking for the past 10 years. And so our materials, our curriculum really support that and then are also designed specifically to spread um, because we're not a, we're not part of a seminary, not part of a university. We don't have to take an academic approach, so there's no tests, no quizzes, as Deacon Greg knows, Thank none God. of that stuff. <laughs> oh. It's a it's a it's a uh, adult faith formation. So no tests or so. quizzes. No, no but, tests or quizzes. But you do have to, to uh, respond to some questions each week to, to stimulate your, your thinking about the readings for things mm-hmm. like that. Interesting. And, uh, right. We but, strongly encourage people to do written reflection questions 
Wait, that's optional? Um, I, I've been doing them all these years for when they were optional? Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, they are optional. <laughs> we encourage it, though, because as you know, like Bible journaling has become really popular. It's popular amongst our Protestant brothers and sisters. And so while this isn't Bible journaling, there's definitely something to the reality that, um, you know, sometimes when we sit down and write, it helps us slow down. It helps us be a little bit more attentive to the sacred scriptures. I know in my own prayer life. Um, so my husband and I, we have four kids, 10 and under. So as you can imagine, our house isn't like a quiet monastery of prayer that I might you know, dream of having lots of quiet places to pray. But I have found that using a journal when I'm praying, just you know, the act of writing helps me stay focused on that thought to God, even if there's background noise. So yes, we've tricked Deacon Greg into thinking that this is required homework, but it's actually optional, but it's actually really good to reflect on the Word of God in writing. I only understand why he enrolled. And we'll talk about it a little bit further. We'll come up at our second break here on the Deacon's Roundtable on WSFI. We'll be back shortly. Hi, this is Mark Curran. Are you in need of a trial lawyer? My career in both law and politics has been spent fighting for the injured and most vulnerable. Martindale Hubble has given me the highest rating in ethics and ability. If you want a trial lawyer with the highest rating in ethics and ability that will not support the evil agenda destroying America, but will support WSFI Catholic Radio, well, you can learn more at 847-721-3189 or go to markcurranlaw.com. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. My name is Father Dominic Pelusi. I'm a member of the Priests of the Sacred Heart. I have been ordained for 41 years. St. Paul tells us, how shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe unless they have heard of him? And how can they hear unless there is someone to preach? We have the opportunity for Catholic Radio to do exactly that, to bring the Word of God into our houses, but more importantly, into our hearts. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Want an example of a false sense of security? How about relying on the life insurance you get through work to pay for all of your final expenses? Do you have plans to retire someday? Or do you plan on working for that company for the rest of your life? The fact is, you may lose your life insurance when you leave a company. I'm Matt Tomlinson from Catholic Financial Life, and I invite you to share your hopes and dreams with me. To discuss your options for protecting your family, call me at 847-548-MATT. That's 847-548-6288. Products and services not available in all states. 
We are back on the Deacon's Roundtable here on WSFI, 88.5 FM, AM 750 on your dial. We're joining us today is uh, Colleen Vermeulen, who is from the Catholic Bible School of Michigan, talking to us with about uh, Bible studies and how they trick Greg into doing homework and uh, all those particular things. But, uh, you know, I have great things to say about the program. I really like it. But uh, Mike came up with a question after we were uh, on the break here. I have a couple of questions uh uh, before I go to the second one, which is uh, about the website, the cost, how to get enrolled, and all that, I have a first question which made me curious, based on your on your uh, description of how you arrived at this particular uh, endeavor. Did you ever think of becoming a religious sister? I did. And? <laughs> I, I clearly did And she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. So, yeah, I was I was thinking about that probably around 2007 and 2008. Um, yeah, I was thinking about particular okay. orders. When I got to travel in the army, I would often try to go visit a monastery or a convent just to slip in for, you know, evening prayer or morning prayer. It was kind of like a fun thing to add on to like military business trips but I did end up meeting the person who was my future husband on my you know second army deployment in Iraq so that was one of those you know God can send you an obvious sign yes. that uh, your vocation is married life not religious life that's right that's right I, I was a seminarian too uh, and then I guess I bet my wife. You failed at a lot of things, Mike. It's a, different, it's a whole different story. About <laughs> anyway, tell us about the website, and uh, if we're interested, how, how do we get involved with this? So our website is CBS, so like standing for Catholic Biblical School, and then M-I-C-H, like Michigan.org. So C-B-S-M-I-C-H dot o-r-g and that is the best place to go because it will give you a guide of what direction you know you might be going if if you live in those lower four dioceses of michigan you can probably find an in-person class which is just a really awesome experience if you don't then you could think about being part of that online bible course like deacon greg purely as an individual it's super flexible and so that is one of the best things about doing that as an individual. You could also think about, hey, I would like to get a group of people together mm-hmm. and we could be a small group and use this online class curriculum. So a wonderful example that connects to your state. Deacon Greg, you were, mes- you were mentioning the Diocese of Joliet has a biblical school, right? Mm-hmm. So last year I got a call from a woman who had been through the Diocese of Joliet's Biblical School, and she was now retired and living in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And she had loved what she had done down in the Diocese of Joliet, and she wanted to somehow bring that to her small parish, right? Um, And so she found out about the Catholic Biblical School of Michigan. And so what she did was she organized a group of people in her parish and she shows that video lecture from the online class and then she leads them in discussion. So she is from the Diocese of Joliet and now she's using the Catholic Biblical School of Michigan to bring this to her new home parish in the, in the Upper Peninsula. So really, really wonderful. 
And then the other final thing, you know, if you are somebody who you have um, maybe the right the right charisms, the call to to be doing that discipleship focused teaching, that if you wanted to start this, if you live in a place that there's not something like this going on in your diocese, we can help you do that. And so our webpage is the gateway for all of those different things. And one of the things that Mike had mentioned was cost. So as I, as I joked earlier, um, a, a businessman joined up with a deacon and an academic to help get this ministry started. And we have a really unusual approach to cost. And that approach is we encourage people to give whatever they can to support the ministry. And that's it. So unlike a university or a seminary, there is not required tuition. Kind of like Catholic radio or public radio, we have suggested giving amounts, but I'm really happy to say that since our founding in 2009, God has provided enough donations and we haven't run out of money. So we, we've said yes to every single person, um, hundreds of people who can't pay, just participate. And somehow God provides the right donors at the right That's time. Amazing to keep it all going yeah and it, it's been really close oh, you know not we don't have an endowment we're not saving up any extra money but you know god gives just enough to keep spreading his word and so yeah we think we should we should be faithful to that and just keep going as much as god provides the resources so, so mike i'm learning here i didn't have to do the homework for the last three years and <laughs> and i didn't have to pay <laughs> Darn. Right, we, we, would, we wouldn't have kicked you out for not paying either. You know, well, it, it, I, I think, think it's, it's really it's a, funny. It's a good investment. It's funny how money is, though, because money is one of the images that the biblical authors from Old Testament to New Testament, it's one of the most common things that is used in the Bible just, you know, to just teach us. It's, it's one of the most common illustrations. So there's something about money that it resonates with people from ancient, from the ancient Near East to today because i do answer so many funny questions well people say well it, you mean i don't i don't i don't have to pay it's not required <laughs> no. like like well let's think about let's think about grace well you know right? ministry's free but you still have overhead to pay so that's right the, right the, the, right the important thing you know do. somebody has to pay it forward and so most people do make a financial contribution um because they want to keep the ministry going they want to pay it forward and you know, some generous donors give way more than we suggest. And so we don't know when it's going to arrive, but, you know, God God brings the givers. Well, that's uh, that, that's that's a, certainly a blessing. One of the things I was curious about, um, one of the things that, that we talk, we, we promote in our parish, and I'm sure promote nationwide, is the Bible in the Year from Father Mike Schmitz. And, of course, he's in the Catechism of the Year now. Has that been good for business for you? I think absolutely yes. It's it's such a great talking point. Um, I go around to different parishes in the summer and just put up a table, you know, and talk to people about wanting to study the Bible. And it's one of the most common things that people say. They'll walk up and they'll say, oh, I started the Father Mike Schmitz podcast. So I think it is absolutely whetting the appetite of people to want to understand the Bible more and to just show them that they can. Because... I, th I think a lot of the times, maybe sometimes Catholics stay away from the scriptures because they're just a little timid. They're just a little bit worried. And honestly, you know, 
the Bible is inspired, but it was still written thousands of years ago. And so it can be hard to understand some of the cultural references, some of the images, some of the jokes that are in there. They're really old. And so um, our teachers can help bring that to life. So, yes, love the way um, Father Mike Schmitz has really brought more people directly to the Bible. So the... Um... <laughs> that I, I was listening to Father Mike Smith. I was, you know, you saw jokes, and he's always joking around when he's doing it. You know, when I when I'm teaching RCIA, you always get the question, "Well, which Bible?" And the answer is the one that you read. But the the um, is there a standard Bible that you recommend in the program of all the different Bibles that are out there? Nope, we give the same answer to you. You know, the best Bible is the one you'll read. And then another answer that I love when people ask you know, what Bible to buy. Um, I heard this answer from a priest, and I think it's a great one. The best Bible to own is three or four or five. And obviously the joke there is that when we look at different translations, when we look at different, you know, um, editors' material, those supplemental essays and introductions and maps that help us understand, having more than one can be very, very enriching. So we don't require a specific Bible, but really encourage people to find the one that's right for them. And again, we're, we live in such a blessed time and place that there are so many publishers who are putting out um, different translations and different editions, you know, some that are very colorful with tabs, some with places on the side that you can journal, you know, some that have special essays, um, meant to really speak to some of the categorical questions of teenagers or or women or young adults. Um, we're we're lucky to live in a time, as I reflect historically, where the where the sacred scriptures are just so available to us in so many print and digital forms. I actually had a uh, professor from Loyola who who's involved with the uh, the Chicago Scripture School. Um, she told me that uh, she actually recommends a Bible that's less than 10 years old from its last uh, translation, if you can, because she talks about how the the, uh, the vernacular changes a little bit as going through there. And it was interesting because I never really thought about that because, you know, we have Bibles that, you know, you can use any Bible you want, you know, the ones that's on the kitchen, the one that's gathering dust in, in, in that Grandma had or the uh, or anything like that. But, uh, um, yeah, you pick the one that uh, that is easy for you to read. Yeah, and when people, you know, because we do a lot of open houses and information sessions, and if someone's like, you know, I just tell me what to get. I, I don't have a favorite Bible. I've never read one before. I don't own one. We'll often tell them that any of the NABRE translations since 2010, those study Bibles have, like, like that professor was sharing, they've got stuff written in the most modern vernacular. The NABRE is going to most match what you'd hear at mass and the lectionary readings in the U.S. Um, so we say if, if you have no idea and really no opinions, that you can't go wrong starting there. The other question I have is, do I have to be Catholic to participate in this program? No, we certainly wouldn't keep you out. <laughs> now, with our name, we, <laughs> we mostly, with our name, we mostly, you know, attract Catholics, and that's really our ministry, is discipleship within the Catholic Church. Um, over the years, we've probably had about 1% of people who are our Protestant brothers and sisters, and, and I have loved having them in class um, because sometimes they have different insights, and so many of our Protestant brothers and sisters 
read the word of God similarly to how we do as Catholics. So having them engaged, you know, they are looking for places where you can get a comprehensive take on the Bible and not just, you know, a single book or a single topic type of study. So that draws them in too. So what's the biggest challenge for you running the, running a program like this? Hmm, that is that's a tough question. And what what angle right, I'll are ask you, you, you are you are you going to heaven? I mean, we can go back to that question. <laughs> so, I you know, maybe that is a good place to to think about it. So, um in high school, when I wanted to answer that question, I I took, you know, the Baptist church gave me like a free copy of the New Testament and I went through it in different colors and tried to highlight the different answers you know was was this works was this grace how was i supposed to understand this right as a this is me as a teenager not realizing that you know what there's a lot of pretty important church leaders who have also spoken about this but you know i was just a teenager with my free bible and my highlighter going going about it so so mike are you going to heaven (laughs) i have definitely decided i will go into this program (laughs) I'm, I'm, i'm hooked you you sold me into it. Well, you know, I invited you a couple of years ago, Mike, and and Deacon uh, Dennis Cristofaro, who's in the arch and in the diocese of Kalamazoo, who used to be here in Chicago. I told both you guys you ought to come in the program with me. It's a great program. So I guess you, you, you know, had a beer in front of you when you invited us. So how would we believe you? <laughs> we weren't talking about God. So the uh, so I think it's, it is a great program, and and I, I I encourage Mike and anyone else, and maybe Mike will run it through his parish for doing that and. Um, yes, but we're not getting back to your challenging questions. I guess, I guess, as a, as a teacher, uh, Colleen, what 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 is it that ch- is there any challenges that you you've had as a teacher? Yeah, well, so here's what I'll say: a couple different answers. So I teach predominantly the New Testament, um, which I love. You know, I I feel like I'd like to say I get the best parts of the Bible, right? Even though it's all inspired, and what I see really goes to that question that Mike joked about, are you going to heaven? That there are a lot of people in our pews as Catholics for whom what we, you know, so quickly say, we say the good news of Jesus Christ. It's, they don't, they haven't experienced it yet as good. You know, for a lot of people, Catholicism might feel like a bunch of rules. It might feel like a burden. It might feel like something like, well, you know, this is my habit. This is my culture. This is how I want to live. I want to live different from other people in society. And and not to discount any of those things, but none of those things is the good news that God has given his son to forgive our sins. And when we accept this gift of grace, we come into communion with Jesus, with, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit, and that that partaking in eternal life, it starts now. You know, it's not just something in a faraway land that we dream about in the future, but that eternal communion with God starts now. And so we should actually be experiencing that goodness, actually be experiencing that joy now. You know, that relationship with God, it doesn't mean that suffering isn't going to come. It doesn't mean that they're not challenges, but there is something supernaturally good about that communion and that starting of eternal life right now. And so um, when people have that breakthrough as they read the Bible, it's really incredible because it's there. They've been Catholic their whole life. 
but maybe they never really, you know, stopped to think about that. And um, I'll share a quote. This came from one of our, I was in this small group discussion in our online class this past year. We were, we were reflecting on Paul's letters and the Gospels. And this one woman, she was really taking it all in. And all of a sudden, she said, so wait, so you mean to tell me we're not earning our salvation? So, you know, why are people going to Mass? Why are people giving money to the church? Why are they doing all of this if it's not to earn their salvation? And we kind of all just like smiled and paused for a moment. And it was like, wow, she's kind of stating what St. Paul 2,000 years ago was trying to get through to people that no, we don't go to Mass to earn salvation. We don't, you know, give money to the church to earn salvation. That this is a gift, and those things are done in response, in cooperation. It's that response of faith that motivates us to want to do those things, to worship, to sacrifice, to give to the God whom we've entered into in a relationship of love. So that's the wonderful thing about getting to teach the Bible. When people have those big aha moments. Well, we have, we're coming up on the end of our show here, uh, Colleen, from the Catholic Bible School of Michigan. I have one quick question I want you to answer just in like the next 20 seconds is, what's the first book you're going to recommend to somebody? Mark's Gospel. Mark, okay, that's a good one. Mm. <laughs> I was going to be wondering, you know, you probably don't want to start with John, but uh, that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're talking here today. We had a great conversation, Colleen. Thank you so much for your time on your vacation, of all places. So how much you love the Bible that you'll talk to us on your vacation. But we've been talking with Colleen, who's at the Catholic Bible School of Michigan, and you can find out more information at, at uh, cbsmich.org. And... Uh, Follow up from there and take some time to learn the scriptures. No matter where you go, it's always important. You can't know Jesus unless you know his, his words. So thank you for joining us on uh, WSFI. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you, Mike. And we hope everyone thank has you, a Colleen. great week. Thanks. Thank Have a great week. Much. You too. So come.